0: Welcome to Misty 101 Podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode of our podcast. UK government's £2.9 billion job search scheme fails to find work for 93% of people. The government's flagship scheme to tackle long-term unemployment has failed to find a job for 93% of the people enrolled. The £2.9 billion restart programme launched by Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak last year, is supposed to provide up to 12 months of support for people who are long-term unemployed to help them return to work. But figures released in response to a written parliamentary question from Labour's shadow employment minister, Alison McGovern show that only 16,180 of the 226,785 people who had started on the scheme had subsequently left it for reasons including starting a job or moving off Universal Credit's intensive work search regime. This is completely damning said McGovern. We are supposed to be in a vacancies crisis and these people are trying to get back into work. The Restart scheme is mandatory for benefit claimants referred onto it by Jobcentre Work Coaches, and is delivered by private contractors including Circo, G4S and Maximus, paid mostly based on results. Unfortunately, despite spending over £2.5 billion on Restart, the government's incompetent Department for Work and Pensions is better at farming out dud schemes to G4S and Serco than finding people work," she added. It's no surprise that these figures show that this government's failure is most pronounced in the northwest and greater Manchester. Across those two regions, 1,370 out of 29,720 starters on the scheme have subsequently left it nearly 5%. Restart is also struggling to find enough participants to meet predicted caseload numbers The roughly 225,000 people who had started the scheme by the end of April is 40% below the 375,000 who were initially forecast to have joined by that point. Restart's eligibility criteria have been extended to enable more people to be referred to the scheme. Tony Wilson Director of the Institute for Employment Studies said the scheme was falling short on referrals because long term unemployment was much lower than predicted during the height of the pandemic, while inactivity caused by people dropping out of the labor market has increased. The government committed significant funds to address an unemployment crisis that hasn't materialized. We haven't had mass unemployment. And instead, we're facing a participation crisis. So the crisis we prepared for isn't the one we've got, he said. Employment is still half a million below pre-pandemic levels. Economic inactivity is 400,000 higher than it was before the pandemic began. The DWP's Kickstart Youth Unemployment Scheme fell 90,000 short of its 250,000 job creation target when it closed earlier this year. The resulting underspent money was taken back by the Treasury, and any underspend on restart is likely to go the same way. Wilson said it should be invested in tackling economic inactivity instead. We've got the highest rate now of economic inactivity, of worklessness, due to long term ill health that we've had in 20 years. That's long COVID, that's NHS waiting lists, that's mental health problems getting worse during the pandemic. We're not doing anything to address any of these factors that have driven the fall in the labor force that's driving economic inactivity, that's leading to labor shortages. Instead, the money's simply going back to the Treasury because unemployment is so low. A DWP spokesperson said, Thanks to our balanced approach to managing the economy, unemployment is its lowest since 1974 at 3.7%. Less than a year after its launch, the restart scheme is already supporting a quarter of a million people who have been long-term unemployed with more to follow. Providers are paid on the basis of how many job seekers they manage to support into work, delivering value for the taxpayer. Warning over scam artists demanding cash for broken wing mirrors. Scammers falsely blaming unsuspecting drivers for their broken wing mirrors and are demanding large sums of cash. Police have issued a warning about the scam which is costing innocent drivers out of pocket. The scammers are hitting the side of passing cars to make it sound like there has been a collision. They then proceed to catch up with their targets and then demand cash off them. North Wales Police described an incident where the driver of a Range Rover fell victim to the scam in Pensan, Conwy. A spokesman for the force said, the victim will be driving along and then hear a bang on the passenger side of their vehicle. A car will then follow behind, get them to pull over and then claim that the victim just struck his driver's door mirror and demand cash for repairs. What actually happens is that the scammer is parked at the roadside and will deliberately strike the victim's car as it passes. The damaged mirror is fake and wasn't caused by the victim. Anyone with information should contact police. Dad's fury at Jet 2 as children barred from Manchester flight because they didn't have photo ID. A father has blasted Jet 2 over claims that his children were banned from boarding a Manchester flight to the Channel Islands because they didn't have photo ID. Father of two Shane Lloyd's teenage children from Lowton in Wigan were set to fly out for a week-long holiday with their dad in Jersey. Shane lives in Jersey but he says his daughter Grace. 14, and son Dylan, 13, were left in floods of tears after being told at the departure gate that they wouldn't be allowed to board the Manchester Jet 2 flight with their auntie as they didn't have their own photo ID. UK passengers travelling to Jersey, in the Channel Islands, do not need a passport, but adults are asked to travel with some form of photo ID. The Jersey Tourist Board says kids under 16 are not required to show ID on domestic flights, and the adult they are travelling with can vouch for the child's identity. Jet two have since apologised and have booked the children on new flights however Shane says his time with his two children has been cut short and they have been left around £1,000 out of pocket due to the mistake. He told the Manchester Evening News. I couldn't believe it. I was furious. I was at Jersey Airport waiting for them then I got a call from my sister saying they wouldn't let them get on. Shane continued, they've flown over, it must be 15 to 20 times now since I've been here, they've flown with EasyJet, with Jet 2, from Manchester, from Liverpool, and they've never needed ID. My daughter lived here with me for 18 months and she flew back six months ago on a Jet 2 flight and didn't need photo ID. Every time I make their mom pack their birth certificates though just in case but this time they said even they weren't good enough. They had to come all the way back through security. They were both in tears. The worst part of it is their mum was meant to be going away herself but her holiday was cancelled as well the same day. If it hadn't have been they would just have been left stranded there and I wouldn't have been able to get to them. The official website of Jersey's tourist board states, children under the age of 16 do not need to show ID on domestic flights. The adult they are travelling with can vouch for the infant forward slash child's identity. The website adds, always check with your airline and ferry company before travelling to confirm the identification you'll need to carry. The children have passports, although one of them is out of date, Shane said, and they didn't bring them as they knew they weren't necessary. They did however have their birth certificates with them just in case but were still denied boarding. Dylan and Grace who had already passed through airport security when they were stopped, were travelling with Shane's sister, their auntie Leah, who did have photo ID on her. Shane said they have flown over a dozen times to Jersey on different airlines and have never been asked for photo ID. And he said their plans have been thrown into turmoil on what is a momentous family occasion. His girlfriend is pregnant and he was flying his children over so that they could be part of a gender reveal party where they would find out if they were getting a new brother or sister. The father of two booked a week at a campsite on the island for them but cancelled it when they weren't able to travel, with Shane losing out on hundreds of pounds, and he's now struggling to rebook any accommodation for the family due to the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Estonian Government Collapses Amid Fears Of Russian Security Threat Estonia's government has collapsed amid fears Moscow is attempting to destabilise the country, which is hosting a key NATO deployment of British troops. Kaja Kallas, the Prime Minister, accused her coalition partners of actively working against Estonia's core values in the face of the Russian security threat. Her Liberal Reform Party was in an uneasy alliance with the Center Party, which only cut its long-standing ties with Vladimir Putin's United Russia Party after the invasion of Ukraine. The security situation in Europe does not give me any opportunity as Prime Minister to continue cooperation with the Center Party," Ms Kallas said before a backdrop of the flags of the EU, Estonia and NATO. The Crisis which was triggered after CENTER voted against the government on an education bill, comes before a June NATO summit in Madrid on strengthening NATO's eastern flank. The UK double troop numbers in Estonia to about 1,650 after the invasion of Ukraine and leads a multinational NATO battle group there. There are suspicions that Russia was attempting to use parties such as CENTER to try and soften Estonia's response to the Ukraine war. Many Estonians, including myself, fear that political players sharing the Kremlin's interests are attempting to take over the Estonian government rainroad, the Estonian author said. Ms. Kallas has urged tough EU sanctions against Moscow and, under her leadership, Estonia has sent more military support per capita to Ukraine than any other country. At her request, the President of Estonia sacked all seven Centre Party ministers from her 15 member cabinet, including Foreign Minister Eva Maria Altimets, as the coalition crumbled to leave behind a minority government. Reform plans to hold coalition talks with the right wing EZMAR Conservatives and the Social Democrats. If those talks fail, former Prime Minister Juri Ratas, Center's leader, can try and form his own coalition government to replace Ms. Kalas. That could be with the hard-right IGRA, which is a former coalition partner of Center, and also voted against the education bill. Russia threatens to strike the West if it's hit with U.S. rockets. Russia could strike targets in the West if the country is hit with U.S. rockets. The former prime minister has said. Dmitry Medvedev, now Russian Security Council deputy chairman, sent the warning after America agreed to provide Ukraine with advanced rocket systems that can strike with precision at long range Russian targets. Medvedev told Al Jazeera If, God forbid, these weapons are used against Russian territory, then our armed forces will have no other choice but to strike decision making centers. Of course, it needs to be understood that the final decision-making centers in this case, unfortunately, are not located on the territory of Kyiv. U.S. President Joe Biden on Tuesday told reporters that we are not going to send to Ukraine rocket systems that strike into Russia, a decision Medvedev called rational. Biden did not rule out providing any specific weapons but instead appeared to be placing conditions on how they could be used. On Wednesday, Biden agreed to provide Kyiv with high-mobility artillery rocket systems that can accurately hit targets as far away as 80 kilometres, 50 miles, as part of a $700 million, million weapons package. Senior administration officials said that it agreed to provide the arms after Ukraine gave assurances that it would not use the missiles to strike inside Russia. Ukraine had called for the West to send more long-range weapons as it tried to push back Russian troops in the Donbas region. The West has been increasingly willing to give Ukraine longer-range weaponry, including M777 howitzers as its forces battle Russians with more success than intelligence officials had predicted. But U.S. intelligence has also warned about growing risks, particularly given a mismatch between Russian President Vladimir Putin's apparent ambitions and the performance of his military. Medvedev warned the world was getting closer to a nuclear war following the Ukraine invasion. He added the horsemen of the apocalypse are already on their way and all hope now is with Lord God the Almighty. Russian state TV has previously claimed the war in Ukraine is a rehearsal for a larger fight with NATO and suggested nuclear weapons could be used. Thousands of people have been killed in Ukraine and millions more displaced since the Russian invasion on 24 February. Which Moscow calls a special military operation to denazify its neighbor. Ukraine and its Western allies call this a baseless pretext for a war to seize territory. GoFundMe removes $1 million fundraiser claiming to help Amber Heard pay $10 million in damages to Johnny Depp, report says. GoFundMe removed a fake $1 million fundraiser claiming to help Amber Heard pay $10 million to Johnny Depp. TMZ reported Saturday that the GoFundMe page went live after the bombshell trial between Heard, 36, and Depp, 58, ended this week. Insider reported that jurors decided Heard would pay Depp more than $10 million in damages. According to screenshots shared by TMZ, The GoFundMe page claimed to be in contact with Heard's legal team and that Heard would have direct access to any funds. The fundraiser, titled Justice for Amber Heard read, the trial was a disgrace. I believe Amber and social media protected the abuser. The judgment exceeds her net worth. It's so sad that he was able to get away with the abuse. The judgment furthers that abuse. If you can please help her." A spokesperson told TMZ the GoFundMe page was flagged and taken down before a substantial amount of money was raised. Neither Herd nor her legal team created the fundraiser, the outlet added. A GoFundMe representative told Insider that it would remove any fundraisers unless there's a direct connection and the fundraiser has been authorized by the recipient of the funds. The statement added that GoFundMe's top priority is to keep our community safe and protect the generosity of our donors. On Wednesday, Insider reported a jury found both Depp and Heard liable for defamation after a six-week trial in Virginia. Jurors awarded Depp $15 million in damages after finding that Heard defamed him when she described herself as a victim of domestic abuse in a 2018 Washington Post op-ed, Insider reported. They decided Heard should pay $10 million in compensatory damages and $5 million in punitive damages. Although the punitive damages were lowered to $350,000 in accordance with Virginia law, insider reported. Jurors awarded Heard $2 million in compensatory damages. The trial began in April after Depp filed a $50 million defamation lawsuit against Heard, and Heard countersued for $100 million. One day after the trial. Heard's lawyer Elaine Breederhoefte told the Today Show that Heard won't be able to pay the damages. Courtroom wristbands from Johnny Depp v Amber Heard trial are selling online for nearly $5k. Spectators who attended the Johnny Depp v Amber Heard defamation trial are now selling their wristbands from the Fairfax County, Virginia, courtroom. A blue wristband which had a starting bid of $4,999 on eBay, is from the first day of the final week of the trial, the 23rd of May, according to the seller, who added, I was there and you are obtaining this from a verified first-person source. The product description continued, This is a piece of celebrity culture history. The wristbands are not fancy or specially made, They are your typical paper wristbands you see at events. The sheriffs marked these for their own purposes to identify who was allowed in the courtroom. The bidding has ended on the blue band, but a red wristband is going for a similar price $4,500 or best offer. An orange wristband from the courtroom is also for sale on eBay. The price tag is currently $500. The seller said the item is priceless adding, the trial is a part of pop culture history. On Wednesday, the jury awarded Depp $15 million in damages, due to Virginia limits on punitive damages, the judge reduced the total to $10.35 million, determining that Heard defamed him in her December 2018 op-ed for The Washington Post. Heard, 36. Was awarded $2 million in damages after Depp was found to have defamed her on one of three claims. Fans from around the country and globe flocked to the controversial six week trial, waiting in long lines for a chance to get inside the courtroom and cheering from the outside. During her testimony, Heard even addressed being bombarded with vitriol online and while entering the courthouse. I am harassed, humiliated threatened every single day. Even just walking into this courtroom, sitting here in front of the world, having the worst parts of my life, things that I've lived through, used to humiliate me. People want to kill me, and they tell me so every day she said on the witness stand last week. Joanne Garcia of Fairfax was inside the courtroom when the verdict was read earlier this week. She said the result of the trial means a fresh start for Depp, 58. My heart was just frozen she told people. But when the word came out that he won, I was just so glad. I want him to be happy, to forget all of this. He can even take off the tattoos, start fresh and not think about anything in his past. Depp, himself said in a statement after the trial that he felt like he was given his life back and the best is yet to come and a new chapter has finally begun. In a statement after the verdict, Heard said she was disappointed with what this verdict means for other women calling it a setback. She added, it sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. Heard said she was heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power, influence and sway of my ex-husband. The actress said Depp's legal team succeeded in getting the jury to overlook the key issue of freedom of speech and ignore evidence that was so conclusive that we won in the UK what attorneys say about Amber Heard's options to appeal Johnny Depp verdict. After Johnny Depp largely prevailed in his defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard, her attorney Elaine Breederhoeft announced her client absolutely intends to appeal. The jury of five men and two women announced on Wednesday, 1 June, it had found that Ms Heard defamed Mr Depp on three statements. Jurors also found that Ms Heard was defamed by one of three statements in her countersuit. The Independent spoke with three attorneys about Ms Hurd's possible grounds for an appeal, or even a new trial, Lisa Bloom of the Bloom firm, whose clients have included Janice Dickinson, Misha Barton, and several victims of Jeffrey Epstein, Jesse Weber, a host and attorney at the Law and Crime Network. Who covered the trial from the courthouse in Fairfax, Virginia, and Mitra Ahauraan, an entertainment attorney in Beverly Hills who represents actors, directors, producers, and musicians. Ms. Bloom saw several appealable issues in the Depp v. Heard verdict, beginning with the wording of the 2018 Washington Post op ed from which Mr. Depp's defamation claims stemmed. Because of the First Amendment, The precise words of a given statement are closely scrutinized she said. Here, Amber Heard said only that she was a public figure representing domestic violence. In my view, this means that if even she was a domestic violence victim even once, the statement is true and the case is over. She did not have to win that she was a victim of multiple incidents or even significant incidents just domestic violence of some kind. Ms. Bloom highlighted the fact that Ms. Heard never even named Mr. Depp in the op-ed, which means the appellate court may say the comment was not specific enough to overcome her First Amendment rights. One of the three statements in Mr. Depp's lawsuit is the op-ed's headline, which is another potential issue in Ms. Bloom's view. Ms. Heard was found to have defamed him based on a headline that she did not write, but merely retweeted she said. This verdict, if upheld, would cause major First Amendment problems for the millions of tweeps who RT articles all day long. Are they to be held liable for defamation if the article is inaccurate? Damages Ms Bloom also saw possible problems in the ways in which jurors awarded damages. After they first announced they had a verdict, they were sent back, as it appeared they had omitted to award some or all of the necessary damages. They returned shortly afterwards having awarded Mr. Depp $15 million and Ms. Heard $2 million. Judge Penny Askerit adjusted the damages awarded to Mr. Depp to conform to a state cap, he has actually been awarded $10.35M. The timing of how the damages were awarded, to Ms. Bloom, seems very slapdash, and is an issue she would raise on appeal. Possible Evidentiary Issues Mr. Webber pointed to statements made by Ms. Breederhoeft in interviews after the trial in seeking to outline possible strategies for Ms. Heard's legal team. The arguments on appeal are focused on what Heard believes are incorrect legal rulings by the judge. That is why making objections and motions during the course of the trial is so important to preserve these issues for appeal, he said. Based on Elaine Breederhoeft's comments after the verdict, it seems they will be focusing on evidence that was suppressed at trial, such as medical records, and perhaps arguing prejudicial evidence from Mr. Depp was allowed to be introduced. It also seems, Ms. Hurd's team, took issue with the fact that the UK ruling, where a judge found multiple instances of abuse by Mr Depp, could not be presented to the jury. Mr Depp sued The Sun's publishing company in 2018 over a headline which had called him a wife-beater. A judge ruled against him in the UK case in 2020. Ms. Hurd's attorneys could also argue there were problems with the jury instructions forward/slash jury form, Mr. Weber added. Ms. Ahauran underlined the fact that an appellate judge does not retry the facts or question the jury's verdict. An appellate judge looks at whether there was a legal error that resulted in an unfair ruling, for example, if the judge made a serious mistake such as excluding evidence that was relevant, she said. Ms. Heard, s lawyers contend that relevant evidence that could have affected the outcome of the case was excluded. Some of this evidence made it into the UK trial against The Sun, which, Mr. Depp, lost, and didn't make it into this trial, which makes her point understandable, but the laws there are of course different. An inconsistent verdict. In an interview with BBC Newsnight. Ms. Bloom described the verdict in Depp v. Heard as inconsistent, because of the way in which jurors found that both Mr. Depp and Ms. Heard were defamed. Jurors found that Mr. Depp was defamed in Ms. Heard's op-ed in which she describes herself as a public figure representing domestic abuse, but also determined that Ms. Heard was defamed in a statement by Adam Waldman, a former lawyer for Mr. Depp, calling some of Ms. Heard's claims a hoax. How can it be that Amber Heard was defamed when Johnny Depp's lawyer said that her allegations were a hoax, and yet Johnny Depp was also defamed when she said she was representative of domestic violence? Ms. Bloom masked on the program. I think that's inconsistent, and you can't have an inconsistent verdict. Mr. Weber expressed doubt as to whether this could prove to be solid grounds for an appeal. Because usually appeals are not about the jury's decision per se. He also pointed to the specific statement which jurors found defamed MS Hurd. It was a statement in which Mr. Waldman said, quite simply, this was an ambush, a hoax. They set Mr. Depp up by calling the cops, but the first attempt didn't do the trick. The officers came to the penthouses, thoroughly searched and interviewed and left after seeing no damage to face or property. So Amber and her friends spilled a little wine and roughed the place up, got their stories straight under the direction of a lawyer and publicist, and then placed a second call to 911. To Mr. Weber, the verdict isn't necessarily inconsistent. The jurors basically said we don't believe Ms. Hurd was telling the truth about her experience with Johnny Depp. Namely being an abuse survivor, but we also believe that Mr. Depp's lawyer, who was acting as his agent, went too far and falsely stated that Ms. Heard and her friends staged the scene of an alleged attack he said. They could believe Heard was not actually hit in the face with a cell phone as she claimed in May 2016, but also not think her friends helped to create a hoax cover-up attack the jury. Jurors weren't sequestered during the seven weeks of the trial. They were instructed not to read up on the case nor do any outside research, but the length of the proceedings, coupled with the fact that it aired on television and was overwhelmingly discussed online, has raised questions over whether jurors could feasibly have remained isolated from any content related to the trial. Ms Heard's team. Could even try to show that since the jury was not sequestered, that they were exposed to all the Dep fans and media scrutiny, and that tainted the verdict. Mr. Weber said, adding that this seems like it will be a major issue for Ms. Heard's team on appeal. On one hand, sure you can ask how they could not have been exposed and tainted by the coverage, the crowds, social media. Mr. Weber said. On the other hand, that is an assumption. They were instructed not to view any outside material or watch anything about the trial. Unless a juror does an interview and says something about this, or unless, M. S. Hurd's S. team can present evidence of juror misconduct, right now that is a speculative argument and is unlikely to be successful. Ms. Aharon highlighted with the judge's decision not to sequester the jury. It makes sense that the jury on a highly publicised case like this should be sequestered, not just instructed to not go on the internet or talk to anyone about the case she said. That isn't realistic in a case like this, people go home to their families, and the case is everywhere. I'm sure that, giving the jury the benefit of the doubt, perhaps when someone was checking their email or something seemingly innocuous, some information popped up. While Ms. Howran acknowledged this possibility, and the fact that it could have heavily swayed the outcome and made the trial unfair, she is not certain it would constitute a legal mistake, since I don't know if anyone could have predicted the level of attention on social media and the vitriol people have directed at Ms. Heard. However, if a juror actually did look online and actually did hear or see something despite the judge's order, then that could be grounds for a mistrial," she added. Ms Bloom suggested that potential issues with the jury could lead to an appear or even to a new trial, but acknowledged similar difficulties. She would have to prove that interference, which would be challenging," she said. Perhaps a juror will talk about this in a press interview. I will be watching for that. Stay tuned. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast. We thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.